We'll turn in scriptures this evening to the book of Genesis and to chapter 30. Genesis and chapter 30. Genesis chapter 30, and we'll read from verse 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, and let me go. For thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me, for it was little thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. Now, when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats, and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straked and spotted and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted and every one that had some white in it and all the brown among the sheep and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and pilled white strakes in them and made the white to peer which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had pilled before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs, when the flocks came to drink, that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods, and brought forth cattle, ring-straked, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs, and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-straked, and all the brown in the flocks of Laban, And he put his own flocks by themselves, and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger Jacob's. The man increased, increased exceedingly, and had much cattle, and maidservants, and menservants, and camels, and asses. Amen. Again, we thank the Lord for this reading of his word. Let's ask the Lord's help. Our Father, as we hear and as we consider the scriptures this evening, we pray that thou was ministered to us that which is needful in this day and age. Lord, that which will go forth also. We pray, Father, that thou was uh, minister to people up and down the land, 
they might hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they might hear of the wisdom of God. Lord, we pray that thou would turn many to understand what blessings there are in Christ Jesus and what curses there are out of Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray that there might be a blessing even in this land as it has been in time past. And Father, when thou didst favor the land for the sake of thy people who were in it, Lord, so we pray that there might be an increase of thy people, that there might be a return of the favor of our God upon us, and that thou wouldst deliver us in these days. So hear us then, we ask thee, continue with us this evening. Receive the praise, the glory, and the honor unto thyself, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to consider with you the words of Laban here uh, in verse 27. And it says there, And Laban said unto him, that is unto Jacob, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. These words uh, stood out to me a week or so ago when I was reading the scriptures, and I thought, that, that's an amazing portion of scripture. That's an amazing verse, an amazing truth. Uh, amongst us and an amazing truth not only for God's people but also for the world to know uh, that the Lord blesses when his people are in the midst it is something which this nation has known in time past people will say well uh, the nation itself it it benefited a lot from uh, that which was unrighteous Uh, we know that there is much said these days about slavery for instance Uh, There are also things said about those uh, items and things which have been taken from other nations Uh, when when this nation uh, was an empire and uh, there were many islands and many other parts of that empire under Queen Victoria uh, and many things taken away from those nations. Uh, We know that people have been exploited and that all kinds of things have been done in time past. But it's not the Christians that have done that. But nevertheless, the nation benefited from those things. Of course, the Lord favors the nation where his people are. The the Lord doesn't promise us any great thing in this world uh, for the fact that we are his people. He promises us salvation. He promises to save our souls and to keep our souls unto the day of the Lord and to bring us finally into our inheritance. Our inheritance is not here. We seek for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so we are not looking for the things of this world, uh, that we might heap together the riches of this world. Nevertheless, the Lord will surround his people with those who will provide that which is necessary. And so there is a symbiotic relationship between the church and the state whatever that state may be, whether it be this nation or any other. And certainly we look back in the history of this nation and we have seen much blessing uh, with the knowledge of the word of God. Uh, Many who have written upon the word of God, many who have preached, and there are many famous preachers, of course, uh, from this country and many things which have come from what they have done. And the blessing of God has been upon us. And we became uh, one of the great nations of the earth, which is amazing, really, for such a, a small island. 
uh, just on the edge of Europe. We would think that there would be far more blessing in, in greater parts of the earth uh, where there are perhaps greater resources, uh, where there are greater populations, uh, where there is uh, intelligence uh, and abilities, just the same as anywhere else in the earth. And yet this little island has been a leader in so much. Uh, many inventions have come from here. I often think about the sports that are played across the world, and nearly all of them came from here. Uh, some, of course, in America, but then America was also affected greatly by those who came from here. And God has blessed mightily. And it just occurred to me as I was reading those words uh, from Laban, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. So I want to consider th three things here from this verse. And first of all, Jacob's work ethic. Secondly, Laban's worldly experience. And thirdly, a mutual wisdom exalted. And Jacob's work ethic. We know that Jacob, as he came and worked for Laban, worked. he didn't just work for the sake of it. He wasn't just there uh, thinking to himself, well, I've got nothing to do. I'll work for Laban. But that he had a contract, a historic contract contract when we work for a company in this uh, in this land we usually have some kind of a contract and of course some people work just uh, ad hoc uh, and are available to work on building sites or the like and they may be picked up and just work for the day without any particular contract uh, but there still is a kind of a contract because we work for our wages we work for whatever we will be paid and uh, we usually find out first. That's always a good, good thing to do. Find out first before you start working what you're going to be paid for it um, so that you can get a fair wage. Uh, but that is a contract. Now, we know that Jacob had a contract. Uh, he had a contract concerning his wives. And we turn back to the previous chapter here in chapter 29. And we'll just read a portion here from uh, verse 18. So from chapter 29 of Genesis and verse 18, and Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, or as the margin has, mild or gentle. But Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter brought her to him, and he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week. And we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. And he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also, 
And Laban gave Rachel his, his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel. And he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. So here we have this contract which he made, which uh, Laban uh, twists and really um, causes a great problem amongst them. But Jacob is willing to work another seven years for Rachel. So he ends up with two wives, uh, Leah, who is the elder, Rachel, who is the younger, and he is married to them within, uh, within a week, in actual fact, fulfilled the week of Leah, and then he had Rachel to wife as well, worked another seven years. It's amazing, isn't it, what that, uh, that uh, ethic that he had, that he was willing. I mean, he didn't go to battle. He didn't uh, cast Leah out. He, he didn't seek to uh, dispute with Laban over this, but he was willing to work another seven years. Of course, he had uh, the wages, so to speak, uh, at the beginning of a contract this time, but nevertheless, he worked that contract. You can see this work ethic that Jacob had, that he was willing, even though he didn't have to work first before Rachel became his wife, uh, that he was willing, nevertheless, because this was a contract, that he would work another seven years. So 14 years he worked that he might have uh, these two women as his wives. The scripture tells us this in Colossians 3 and verse 22, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. This is the command of the Lord to us, that we work and that we obey in all things our masters according to the flesh. Now we might say, well, uh, we don't have slavery today and we don't have masters, uh, we're not servants. But that's not true, is it? Because uh, those who hire us and those who pay our wages are our masters as far as it goes within that uh, sphere of living. Uh, they may not be our masters in our own homes. Uh, they may not have power over everything that we do. But if we are working for someone, then they are our master and we are their servants because we are doing a service whatever that service may be. And so this historic contract which, uh, which uh, Jacob was involved in may not be the same contract, well, it won't be the same contract that we have. I don't suppose as any of us have worked for a wife uh, or uh, indeed the other way around that any woman has worked for a husband uh, that she might be able to buy him, uh, so to speak, or at least uh, be able to put in uh, that kind of a dowry in order to get him or her. The contract's not the same, but the ethic is the same. And so for the child of God, we are called upon to work, and we are called upon to work not with eye service, not just so it looks as though we're working, but that we might be in singleness of heart, fearing God. And that's, of course, what Jacob did. And it came to the point where Laban looks upon the work which he has done, and he says, I, I have seen, I have served, I, I have observed myself, learned by experience, as we have here, that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And those that we work for should be blessed for our sake. So there should be a blessing uh, all around us when we are uh, doing that service, not with eye service to our masters on the earth, but unto our master which is in heaven, fearing God. We see then his hearty compliance. He complies with what is required of him. And even though he has been tricked, 
here. He can't really complain, can he? Because that's his own character. Uh, he has already tricked his brother into gaining the birthright, and then he has tricked his father into giving him the blessing. Uh, he's not exactly squeaky clean, and uh, there is always, it seems to me, throughout the scripture, an element of irony in the things which go on and here it is his turn this time and of course it's not going to be very long as we read from Genesis 30 uh, before he uh, takes the cattle of Laban and uh, uh, brings them to bring forth those who are the strongest for him and the weakest for Laban so there's another bit of trickery going on in there uh, as well nevertheless there is a compliance with what is expected of him Again, if we look to the New Testament and see what the scripture has to say about us being the servants or in, uh, in, in kind of some kind of a contract, it says in 1 Timothy 6.1 that as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. In Titus 2.9 we read, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. And in 1 Peter 2.18, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward, uh, which we could easily put Laban in that category, the froward, because he's changed what he says is going to be uh, his reward. Uh, and so it was to be Rachel, but it was Leah, and uh, then Rachel as well. But even then, uh, Jacob says in a later point, you have changed my wages these seven times. So he keeps on changing his wages. So here is someone who is not toward, but froward. Someone who is going away, who is not sticking to fair play. And yet Jacob's work ethic is a hearty compliance with what he is called upon to do. And then we find because of that work ethic... And because he is doing so to the glory of the Lord, because of the fear of the Lord, that he has a heavenly company. In, in verse 30 here, we see again what Laban has to say, or what Jacob rather has to say. For it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased into a multitude, and the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And when shall I provide for mine own house also? The Lord hath blessed here is the testimony then that he has a heavenly company, that the Lord is with him. And it is the Lord who has blessed Laban. Of course it is. Because uh, for all of his abilities and all of his wisdom, he cannot bring forth uh, cattle uh, and cause them to, to benefit. Uh, of course, if the, if the weather is bad, uh, if, the, if the crops are bad, if there is no grass, if there is a famine, then everything that he might have worked for would be lost. But rather... He is a man who is blessed of God. So we see Jacob's work ethic, a work ethic which once upon a time would have been called the Protestant work ethic. It is that that we should do our best for God, that we should work hard to the glory of God, and that that is an evidence of the grace of God in our lives. So we go from, secondly, from Jacob's work ethic to Laban's worldly experience. And Laban's worldly experience was that that which he had had before is now increased and that he had been blessed for Jacob's sake. 
Again, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Because you are here, because God is with you. That should be the experience of those around us that we might work for in this world. That people should be blessed for our sake. That they should know that they are being blessed for our sake. You know, uh, the situation these days, I I was listening to someone uh, on the radio just the other day. They were talking about the uh, Labour's plans for a a £15 an hour minimum wage. And they were saying that 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 equates to 31000 a year, uh, which is more than uh, a lot of people get in this country. Of course, uh, such a minimum wage doesn't really work because if you're paying your workers that, then you have to get that back. And so whatever you're selling has to go up in price so you can pay your workers. And then the workers who have received that extra wage have to spend that extra wage in paying the prices which are now uh, extended within the market uh, in order to pay the, pay, the, pay the wages. So you're just paying yourself in the end uh, and you may have more money, but it will cost more money. So you're not actually anything, anything much benefited by uh, raising the, the wage uh, to such an extent. But nevertheless, uh, this particular person was saying, well, if you have to pay a minimum wage of that, if you're paying £15 an hour, he said, but not everybody's worth £15 an hour. He says, I've hired people, this was an employer, I've hired people who are not worth the minimum wage of £8.91, let alone paying the £15 for what they put put into their work. The child of God should be putting everything into their work. We should be putting everything in to the glory of God. And Laban's worldly experience, the experience of having Jacob uh, there in his camp, was that he had an extraordinary gain. Again, Jacob says to him, It was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now, when shall I provide for mine own house also? As I've said, there's, a, there's this symbiotic uh, 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 relationship between the child of God and an employer. And in fact, a child of God and the world. Uh, when we are walking with Christ, we should have a, a testimony before the world, which came to be known, as we have said, of, as the Protestant work ethic in this country, which has called this, this country to be uh, such a, a great influence in the world, uh, that that Protestant earth, uh, ethic should be understood, should be seen, that we work. And that the blessing is because of us. Of course, the world doesn't see that. And the world has forgotten, indeed, uh, uh, probably on purpose. We never really hear of what was done in time past. But you only have to go through this country and uh, drive through the villages and through the towns and see the churches and see that even in small villages there can be two, three, four churches because people were Christian. People went into the churches and people heard the word of God and people worked because of that word. And because they they did so knowing that God was a God of order. And as a result of that, there were uh, discoveries and inventions and uh, advances. And although people may have gone out from this country who were not Christians and exploited the rest of the world, nevertheless, the blessing of God was upon the nation because the people of God dwelt here. So it's a very important thing 
uh, then that the world should see the blessing which this nation has known because of Christianity. Because God has been here. I mean, look across the world at other nations and other religions. And we ask ourselves the question, well, why, why are they not more advanced than us? Are they more stupid than us? No. Do they have uh, less resources than us? No, they have greater resources. This is a tiny little island. How can this tiny little island have such an influence in the world? Because God's blessing was upon it. Of course, that blessing is departing in these days. As men and women reject Christ, they reject the gospel, they reject God, and they seek to continue with the teachings of the scripture. And so this uh, idea of of helping one another, it's all the Christian doctrine which so much permeated the whole uh, mindset of the country that it still continues on, but now God is forgotten. And so it will peter out, of course, because there's no foundation for it any longer. It, it remains because it had been taught for such a long time and it's just a part of the psyche of the nation. But without any foundation, it, it will crumble away. So this extraordinary game was Laban's worldly experience. And this exemplified gospel also. The Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. The Lord hath blessed thee. The gospel, of course, is a word which means good news. And the, 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 the gospel, of course, goes further than, than just the, the blessings which come from the presence of the Lord's people. But there was something exemplified here, and that's important too, as we go into the world and as we would serve in the world that we should have a testimony of Jesus Christ. Here, Jacob actually uses the name of the Lord, Jehovah. And he says, and Jehovah hath blessed thee since my coming. And we can have that testimony, surely. The world doesn't want to hear it. And we hear uh, again and again of of those who uh, seek to silence the the, the words of Christians as they preach the gospel. They don't want to hear that in the workplace and uh, and so on. But nevertheless, it was the truth. It was a testimony. And it was exemplified because it was clear that because Jacob was there, that that is what made the difference. He had sort of been bumping along before Laban. And that which he had uh, was little before Jacob came and now it's increased unto a multitude and the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming see how Jacob points to the Lord and says not because I'm a brilliant shepherd it's not because I I have a particular uh, ability with with sheep and goats to bring forth these great flocks It's because God has blessed me God promised that he would go with me and I actually said to him if you look back in the book of Genesis and find where he was at Bethel you will find that Jacob there says, if you bring me in safety and prosperity back uh, from where I'm going, then I will, I will serve thee. And the Lord was with him, and he, he acknowledges that. Indeed does uh, meet with the Lord and gives everything to the Lord uh, later on in his life. In Proverbs 10, verse 22, it says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and addeth no sorrow with it. It may not make us rich in physical things in this world, but it does make rich in the fact that around us, the blessing spreads. And the physical blessing, the world's blessing, 
the things of the world may not go to the child of God, but they'll go to those who are around them. So those who don't love the Lord, this is all they have, this world. The three score years and ten, or if it be by the reason of strength, four score years, that is it. And then they stand before God and they take nothing with them. There are no riches goes with them. There are no people go with them. They stand before God and all their sins go with them. And God judges them. And if they are lost, they are cast into hell. And all that they have had was this world. We cannot begrudge them the riches of this world when it's all that they have. As for us, as the children of God, we may not have the riches of the world. But we have far greater riches. For we stand before the Lord and the Lord says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. We seek for a city which uh, hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. There we receive our reward. But in the meantime, those things which we have need of in this world, which Jesus said, uh, The Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, are supplied upon normal uh, earthly uh, and worldly uh, connections so the work that we do the job that we do and the lord will bless us and the lord will bless those that we work for as we seek to serve him that was world, that laban's worldly experience and then of course we have uh, in laban's worldly experience the everlasting gospel and that is uh, of the presence of the lord that the blessing of the lord goes with his people we read together from Psalm 36 and verse 7, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. An everlasting gospel. Revelation 7, 17, we read, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Laban's experience was of the child of God, and he saw the child of God. So then we come finally to this mutual wisdom which is exalted. The exaltation to the Christian First of all is that we should pray for our employers and we should pray for our nation because from the worldly things that surround us comes our physical needs. We should be praying for those who have the rule over us. We should be praying for our masters, uh, even though they be just uh, our worldly masters, our, our foreman or the, or, or the boss of the company or whoever hires us or whoever pays out. We should be praying for them because through them the Lord will bless us. The exaltation to the Christian is found in the scripture. Uh, it speaks, first of all, of those who are going to, sprint, uh, to preach the gospel. And of course it is incumbent upon every Christian to preach the gospel. Not just my job, it's everybody's job. Now, we should all be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should all be telling people of their need of salvation and how that salvation comes through the grace of God and in actual practicality by Jesus Christ bearing the sins upon himself and dying because the wages of sin is death, dying upon the cross of Calvary to take away the punishment and the guilt of our sins, rising again because the Father accepted that sacrifice 
and drawing us unto himself that we might be free. And should we not tell everybody that we come into contact with? As we have opportunities, certainly we should be saying so. But Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 10 and verse 12, When you come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it, not be, if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. Now he's talking about staying in a house while you are doing the service of God, while you're preaching the gospel. But surely we can easily make, make an extension to that. But wherever you find your place in this world, salute it. If it's your job, salute it. Give thanks to the Lord for that job. Give thanks for the, to the Lord for those who uh, will give you work. Uh, let your peace come upon it. And if it is worthy, let that peace remain upon it. If it be not worthy, well, your peace will return to you. And maybe you'll be uh, made redundant for some reason. But let it not be because you don't work. And therefore, uh, we are to, uh, to come to that house and salute it. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 7, speaking to the children of Israel who were to be carried away captive because of the sins of their nation, the Lord speaks to his people. Now you have to remember this, that, that the whole of the nation uh, was there and, and Jeremiah was pre- uh, the prophet was preaching to the nation, but amongst those people were those who would not hear, just like there are in this country. If I was to go out and stand uh, on a street corner and preach the gospel, there may be one or two people who would stand and listen, and there would be many who just walk past. There may be hecklers as well. They wouldn't be interested in, in the least. And so it was, of course, in Jeremiah's time. So to whom, whom were these words? Well, these words were to those who would listen. And what does he say to them? His exhortation to those who were his people, who loved him and who uh, would serve the Lord. He says, and seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. So again, this same uh, practicality is given in the scripture, that wherever we are, we are to pray for that place. Because in the blessing which comes upon it, comes our blessing. The peace which is upon it, comes our peace we are to pray for those who are around us again we come back to that protestant work ethic as it was coined the protestant work ethic that we work for the lord and god will bless god will not just bless us but he will bless whoever we're working for and he will bring uh, 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 an increase to them and in their increase we will have an increase but that's not what we are doing it for, just simply for uh, some worldly advantage. So then there's the exhortation to the wise. Uh, the, the scripture tells us, uh, t- tells those who will listen, to those who are wise, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. The exhortation to the wise. And that is to say to the world, you need Christians. You need Christians in this world. There, there are those who would say, well, we don't really care. We don't care if Christians are not here. In fact, uh, we could quote the scripture from Isaiah 57 verse 1. The righteous perisheth and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. None considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. 
the, the world mocks, and, and I've heard many uh, in my uh, um, altercations, if you can call them that, online when I've been talking to uh, atheists, and, uh, and they like to mock the fact that churches are being closed. The churches are being turned into houses. Churches are being turned into warehouses and, uh, and all kinds of different things. And they say, oh, well, it's all, it's all falling apart now. But it's not considered, they've not considered that it's to their detriment. It's not to the detriment of the Christian. For the Christian that uh, has reached old age and has, uh, and has been taken home to glory, they've received glory. Uh, it's, it's to the detriment of the lost. Because they are not going to hear the gospel. Because the blessing of God won't be upon that place. And so the exhortation to the wise is to just take a moment and see what Christianity has actually accomplished. Just uh, some time ago, uh, I didn't actually put the date, but uh, at the beginning of the 19th century, a man called John Pound in... Uh, in Portsmouth began the ragged schools and his desire he was a, a young boy when he fell into a dry dock and became lame became a, 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 a cobbler after that a shoemaker but he would go around and he would find children who had nothing who were destitute and he, he would bring them to school and uh, uh, Dr. Thomas Guthrie in Edinburgh uh, heard about that work and he began that same work up in Scotland and his purpose was that those boys and girls should come in, and they would have a basic breakfast, uh, then they would go into school, and he would teach them. It was free. They didn't have to pay anything for it. Uh, and so he gave that free education to them, and they, at the end of the day, would be fed again, and then they would go to their homes. They didn't actually stay in the place. But he, he was a, a person, John Pound, and then also Thomas Guthrie, who had a concern for those who had nothing. And we, we go back through the history of this country and we find that nearly all of those kinds of things came through Christians. Uh, Cadbury, who built the, the town of Bourneville for his workers because they were, lived in hovels, and so he built them houses and he moved them in there so that they might work for him. Uh, we can think of the, the hospitals which have been built uh, and many of them, of course, are called by saint, the, the names of saints uh, because they were instituted by Christians. They were supported by Christians. We think about the anti-slavery movement, which uh, arose from the Quakers and the Baptists. The Quakers in those days aren't what the Quakers are today. But the Quakers in those days uh, certainly loved the Lord. And they worked against slavery. And the Baptists and other nonconformists joined with them and they began to work mightily against slavery. And of course it was this country who began to banish slavery. Slavery still occurs in the world, of course. There's slavery today. But it was Christianity which lay under that as well. And so many different things which have come because of the preaching of the word of God. What preaching do people have now? Well, the preaching that they have now is secular, it is atheistic, it is pumped at them pretty much 24-7. Uh, it's the atheism of the radio, the atheism of the newspapers, the atheism and the secularism of, of, uh, of television. This is what people are constantly hearing, 
Anything which is anti-God is promoted. Anything which is beneficial to the soul is poo-pooed and pushed away so that people don't hear it. It's no wonder then that it's quite hard in these days in the preaching of the gospel. Nevertheless, it's not to the detriment of the Christian. It doesn't make a difference to us because we love the Lord and the Lord is with us. And for me to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But it makes a difference to those who are lost, who don't hear the gospel. And so it is to their own detriment. They have set a trap, as it were, for us, but they have fallen into it themselves. How sad. And then finally, an exhortation to the fool. And we use one of these verses already. The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Who knows what will come upon this earth? In fact, in Revelation, it tells that, that, that men's hearts will fail them for the fear of that which is coming upon the earth. Now, there's already some fear, isn't there? In this country anyway, you have to keep in mind that not every part of the world even knows what's going on. But in this country, certainly there is some measure of fear about climate change, about rising sea levels, uh, about pollution. Uh, then we can see the things which are occurring around the world, uh, uh, the earthquakes and uh, the volcanoes and all kinds of things which are happening around the world. And people are beginning to think to themselves, well, what on earth is happening here? Who knows what will happen? But there is no benefit in losing Christianity, no benefit in losing the gospel of salvation, that those who perhaps in time come will lose their lives can be instantly in the presence of the Lord. The child of God cries, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men mentioned earlier Elijah and how that Elijah had convinced himself that there was no one but him who believed in God in Israel I've heard that uh, said to me also that uh, Israel well it wasn't uh, it wasn't really um, worshipping Jehovah at all it, it was worshipping all kinds of other things and I said well that's exactly what the Bible tells us it tells us that Israel was not worshipping God it tells us that Israel, the Israelites, were worshipping Baal and Ashtaroth and, uh, and the gods of the nations round about. It tells us that for that very reason, God sent them away into captivity. It's just, you're just telling me what the Bible tells me. And you tell me the Bible's wrong, but you're telling me what it says. You know, the Bible is not wrong. Elijah thought that he was the only one left. And yet God said, I have yet 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. 7,000, not very many amongst the million, the millions of, of Israel at that time. 7,000, not very many. But that nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, was soon to go away into captivity. And the judgment of God would be upon it. And who knows how the judgment of God may come upon this land. It's quite fearful in many ways, considering what the land has been and the blessing it has been not just to this land, but also other nations around the world. But we see then this work ethic of Jacob. We see that Laban observed it. And we see the wisdom exhorted to us. For our part, 
let us pray mightily for this country, for our employers, for the institutions which surround us. Because as far as this world goes and our, our present comforts in this world, that's where they come from. And so the more they are blessed, the more we are blessed. But also for those who do not know the Lord, don't seek to rid yourselves of Christianity because the blessing of God is in it. You may not believe, you may not trust Christ yourself, but there is a blessing in the people of God because God dwells in their midst. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank thee for the blessing which was upon Jacob at that time. And Lord, Jacob was something of a, of a renegade son. And thou didst put the blessing to him and through him. The time would come very soon where you would change his name from Jacob to Israel. And Lord, we thank thee for the blessing which was, was on him. We thank thee for all of thy people because we also are to bear the name of the Lord in our foreheads that we should be known as the children of the Lord. But gracious God, we pray for this nation in these days. And Lord, we look around at the situations which arise around us and there may be many things to fear for the future. But Lord, we thank thee that for thy people there is only blessing and there is only an exaltation that we should stand in the presence of our Lord, Master, and King. Hear us then, we ask thee, give wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen.